You better prepare for this one. Why? You may think you know everything. He's an idiot. But I'm here to spill the truth. And I don't miss. History part of This is the tantalizing truth. Tantalizing True Show. I'm Nick Feta, Tomasayo by my side. We are amped to get talking. We had a nice breakfast. We are full and we are ready to talk sports. We're going to jump right in to the MLB playoffs, the championship series is in the National and American League. Let's start with Tampa Bay. How about them raise up 3 0 like it's nothing against the Astros? You know, <laughs> these are the two teams that I wish were not playing in the ALCS right now, but if I had to pick one team to absolutely stomp on the other I'm glad it's Tampa yeah I'm actually really happy that Tampa Bay uh they're pitching finally showing some life here after getting battered around by the Yankees and the ALDS but we don't talk about that (laughs) however in game one it was Blake Snell and he pitched five innings had two strikeouts but he had a 1.8 ERA in game two it was another Rays win and they won that game four to two and this time they had Charlie Morton, the strikeout factory on the mound, who struck out five and allowed no earned runs. Think about that. No earned yeah. runs from Charlie Morton, the late bloomer, no less. And then, of course, in game three, where the Rays win five to two, Ryan Yarbrough steps onto the mound. Other than his two earned runs, he had five strikeouts, pitched five innings, and he had a 3.6 ERA, so not bad. But here's where it gets interesting, Nick. The Rays bullpen who I've been saying all year is going to destroy teams. And their bullpen destroyed the Yankees. It wasn't so much the starters because the Yankees were able to hit them. It was really their bullpen. And if we look at last night for game three, Peter Fairbanks came in. He had a 3-0 ERA. He didn't really – he pitched one inning, though. John Curtis came in, didn't do any – didn't let up any runs. Ryan Thompson came in. Then you had Loop came in. And then Diego Castillo, who has been an absolute unit, closing games out for the Rays. They didn't even use Nick Anderson, who I was complaining about, if anyone recalls, and I'm sure you do. I was complaining about him having a sub-6 ERA and that he's practically untouchable. A sub-0.6 ERA. 0.6, yeah, there you go, (laughs) sub-0.6. So while I think maybe the bats are probably even here between the Rays and the Astros, I mean, of course, the Rays have Randy Arozarena, Austin Meadows, Brandon Lau, who has been terrible. Uh, Yandy Diaz hasn't been too bad. Joey Wendell, who's their star third baseman. Mike Zanino and Kevin Kiermaier, who are usually two subpar bats, and they haven't been too bad, are stepping up. And then, of course, on the Astros, you have Correa, Brantley, Springer, Altuve, Bregman, all the big guys, Yuri Gurriel. But their pitching has been atrocious. They really don't have anything. I mean, Zach Greinke is their lone star pitcher. Yeah. You know, what's, what's funny to me, man, is, is we learn from the ALDS, the hitting isn't what matters. Right. <laughs> it's not. We, uh, we, we had, a, I think on paper, the Yankees had the best, still have, I think, the best lineup in the American League, but it does not matter. I would, what you said about Diego Castillo, man, that guy just, he, he's, he scares me when he's on the mound, dude. He's a oh, yeah, he's scary. big, tough-looking dude. He's, you're not getting anything on him. I think it was game one 
he struck out Altuve with such a nasty pitch, man. And I, uh, from when I watched that, dude, it, it, it to me looked like there was no way the Astros are winning this series. I think their time is up. I will be happy to see their asses get kicked. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a, a four-game sweep. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I have, I have my, uh, my odds going in favor of the Rays right now, man. And I think I want to give credit to, like you said, Mike Zanino. That guy, again, yeah, subpar bat, but what he does for the Rays behind the plate, what he did last series, what he has been doing this series, is absolutely spectacular. Stopping pitches, saving runs, it's, it's just absolutely spectacular. And the Rays have just been playing some of the best baseball of their lives and some of the base, best baseball we've seen all season. So props to them. I would love to see them close it out and, and go to the World Series after the one more game against the Strohs. But And again, Houston's been here. They have been to the World Series. They, they know what's up, but I don't think anything's coming out of them uh, trying to fight their way back down 3-0. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I mean, look, their, their pitching obviously was not what it once was. Losing Garrett Cole was a big blow, and I'm pretty sure that was pretty obvious. Justin Verlander having Tommy John doesn't make anything any better. And their only serious starter that they've got is Granky, and he hasn't pitched yet. So I'm going to assume that he's going to go for game four and that they're going to hope that he tosses them a win. I mean, they need something here. They're down 3-0. You got to go now, all grant- out. Yeah. Now, granted, as Yankee fans, we want to see the Astros lose. And I thought I would never be saying this, but I hope that the Rays I know. win the World Series. I know. I know, right? Oh, no, that's not what I hope. Oh, it might we'll happen. That. <laughs> if, they, if they do end up playing the Braves, good luck. Yeah, it'll be but very interesting. I'm going to assume it's going to be a Glasnow Granky duel for game four. Glasnow, as we know, he's essentially a three pitch pitcher, but his three pitches, especially his, his fastball, he's great command on both sides of the plate. And his breaking balls actually are not terrible. His curveball is quite effective when it's on. I'm expecting a big duel between Glasnow and Granky. But the one thing about the Rays is that they're an excellent defensive team. And we mentioned Mike Zanino, Nick. Having a defensive catcher just completely changes your game. Think about it with Kyle Higashioka, yeah. JT Realmuto, uh, Yasmani Grandal. Those guys save so many runs and can they frame pitches. And they're leaders on the field. Exactly. Man, they're shot callers, you know? Well, with the exception the of Higashioka. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, with the exception of Higgy. But he just, you know, even he's just getting started. Even, you Exa- know, yeah, said. exactly. Um, defensive catchers just change the dynamic of the game. And I think that's what's so important, especially to the Rays, because they're able to save so many runs with their incredible infield defense. Uh, their shifts, they do a four-man outfield sometimes. Yeah. You, know, Crazy. you know that? Oh, I, yeah, I noticed it. I was yeah. like, what the hell is this? <laughs> they do a four-man shift. And when, it's, when they know it's someone that likes to go dead center, like a Stanton, a judge, um, yeah. you could say maybe a, a Mookie Betts, perhaps a Bellinger, you know, they had, I mean, they can distribute the ball quite evenly, but they like going dead center. So and they put the four man outfield out there. And I, I thought that Kevin Cash doing that, he's a very forward thinking manager. And I think he's done a wonderful job. They play matchups. Well, they match the batting order with the pitchers that are going up, that they're going up against. So I think the Rays are gonna they're gonna ha- probably cakewalk to the World Series and represent the American League. I can't imagine anything else at this point. I don't I don't see any other outcome from there. Even and <laughs> I'm almost I think I'm confident enough to say now if we're gonna switch over to the NL, I think the Braves are gonna get there as well. Maybe not a cakewalk like it will be for the the Rays, but the Dodgers game one it was a five one victory for the Braves. That one looked relatively easy, and then even if it weren't for the Dodgers 
crazy four-run ninth inning, the Braves would have run, won eight to three. What the difference, what I find crazy is, again, you look at both these series, for the most part, they're, they're, the AL is low, has been low scoring in the playoffs, whereas this championship series in the NL, there's been a lot more runs. What I'm curious to see is, like you said, if we get a Braves-Rays matchup, can the Braves hit like they're hitting against the Dodgers against the Rays? Because no one has really hit like that against the Rays. And I love the Braves, man. I think they're they my hopeful World Series pick. I think the Dodgers are too, uh, you know, favorite big name heavy hitter type to uh, get my pick. Obviously, no one wants to see the Astros win. The Rays, I, I don't really have anything against them just besides the fact that they beat us and that they're from our division. But I think the Braves, you know, they got a lot of young talent. I'm hoping they get there, and I'm hoping they win it. But with this series, I wouldn't say it's finished, but I'm, I'm picking Atlanta. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go with Atlanta here. Um, like you mentioned, their young talent. I mean, Ronald Acuna, he's been struggling in this series a little bit ever since he sent out that tweet. But his presence alone is quite annoying. Freddie Freeman, who's been around, is a great player. Marcelo Zuna is a pretty good bat. Alzi Albies. Alzi Albies is a very good second baseman. He has an awesome bat. Um, Dansby yeah. Swanson is locking it down at shortstop. Got a lot and of talent, dude. And yeah, and they're pitching. I, I point to the pitching because it's so important. Their pitching has been really good. I mean, Max yeah. Fried pitched in game one, and he held the Dodgers to score one run. Yep. Ian Anderson went four innings in game two. And he didn't give up anything. He pitched four innings of shutout ball, had five walks, but had five strikeouts. And then Darren O'Day and their bullpen and A.J. Minter just kind of screwed it up. But they were able to get the 8-7 win in game two. And on the Dodgers side of things, they've looked a little uh, lackluster. They don't look exactly loose. Their bats have gone cold. Their pitching has not been um, what it's expected to be. I mean, Mookie Betts going one for three and striking out in game two doesn't help. Cody Bellinger really didn't do anything in game two either. I mean, they're smaller, smaller time players like Seager and Turner and uh, Jack Peterson really been stepping up and they're the ones producing runs and it wasn't the stars. I'm a little concerned here with the Dodgers and scratching Kershaw for game two was definitely a huge loss for them. And I mean, they got slammed around a little bit and Braves walked away with game two. So, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I expect the Braves to start steamrolling these guys. They have them backs against the wall. They've got all the momentum. Acuna's going to wake up at some point. I had him contending for MVP. I didn't expect him to win it. So hopefully the Braves in Game 3 will find a way to go up 3-0 on the Dodgers. And honestly, if the Dodgers lose again without making the World Series with the team they've assembled, you got to really start asking questions about these guys. Um, the question I ask is, are there ghosts down in, uh, in L.A.? Yeah, is, there <laughs> you know, a haunted, think, is Norman Bates still lurking I think in they're seeing uh, – the Dodgers are seeing those October ghosts again that they just can't get rid of, man. Spooky and even listen, season. you could argue the same thing for the Yankees. It's – you could ask how many sports writers or how many professional analysts who their favorites were to go to the World Series, and most people would say, oh, Yankees-Dodgers, Yankees-Dodgers. Where are they? No. You know, <laughs> Dodgers no. still got a chance, but I'm not seeing it happening. I, I think they're, yeah, I think it's almost like a curse over in LA. There's, there are ghosts. I also think maybe the Lakers, which we will uh, get into a little bit, I think maybe the Lakers taking their, uh, 
taking the championship. I think LA's only getting one championship this year. That's all the, they want to give out over there. I mean, New York um, sports, we've been getting nothing for 20 years uh, now with the exception of yeah. the Yankees in 09. So. That's, yeah. And the Giants I mean, twice. Now you're just making me sad again, man. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to bring that up. Yeah, but I'm, I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm expecting a Braves-Rays World Series. That's my preview, and I'm excited for when we get to preview that series. But, hey. Anything is possible, especially in the baseball world. Who's hot? Who's not? I say it all the time. And now we're going to jump over to breaking news in New York football. More tragic news for Jets fans. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was not traded, was not signed to an extension, was not anything to benefit the Jets, except he is off the roster. They cut him. He got cut. <laughs> they still got to pay the man. They couldn't even get a seventh round draft pick in return. I am, I don't know what the right word is. I do find it funny because anytime we can, I complain about the giants. I, I almost feel bad when I look at the jets, man, they are just, everything just spirals downward for them every single season. And it's almost like, what is their, what is their bright spot in the season? Or what is their bright spot that they're looking to build on? You know, when you're a team that's that bad, there's usually something you could look for for the future. But what I think they're looking for is Trevor Lawrence in the draft after they go 0-16. I just can't believe Le'Veon got cut like that, but it makes sense because he was so, you know, he's worth a lot of money. Uh, I think some team, some contender will pick him up. It's just a shame, man, how they got him two years ago, and he was supposed to be such a help for them, a, a star town, a locker room leader, and it just turned to nothing. It's, it's – I almost – I never – feel sorry for Jets fans because, you know, anytime the Giants are bad, they love talking bad about us. But I do really feel sorry for all the Jets fans out there who have to deal with who's supposed to be their best player gone with nothing in return. Have you ever watched um, Gilligan's Island, Nick? Have you ever heard of that show? Maybe an episode. Maybe okay, a single yeah. episode. So what, it's about um, getting marooned on Oh, no. Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know everything it's about it. It's Jameson but... Crowder Island at this point. <laughs> Jameson Crowder has been left to die on Jets Island by himself. <laughs> Sam Darnold, um, he decided to swim his way out of there. So now it's Jameson Crowder Island featuring Joe Flacco, the palm tree. Well, before, sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, you got to talk about the, the best quarterback running back duo in the league right now of Joe Flacco and Frank Gore. Oh God! Maybe, yeah, you go maybe back, if it was, maybe you go back ten, eight years. Yeah, maybe different, but <laughs> maybe ten or eight years ago. I mean, a little, uh, little, a uh, little too late there, Jets. <laughs> you're about eight years too late on those two. But look, it, we all saw Le'Veon Bell. He wasn't having it with the Jets. The Jets weren't having it with him. On top of him being a mental case, uh, he just wasn't getting on the field. You know, he had a subpar first year there. And this year, he was placed on IR, which... Yeah, these little injuries would always add up for him. Yeah, and I don't think they really had to put him on the IR. And granted, he's a talented running back. I mean, if we look at his rushing totals, he, he had three seasons of over 1,200 yards. He made the Pro Bowl three times with the Steelers. Yeah. And he was a two-time All-Pro selection. And then 2018, he sits out for the contract dispute, and then the the Steelers are like, all right, forget it. We're out of here with this guy. He signed with the Jets, and he didn't even get 800 yards in 2019. This year, he was horrible. He didn't even crack 100 yards through two games. And now he was ready to come back, plays last week, 
and now he's immediately cut. I, and he's making eight and a half million dollars a year. So that's eight and a half million dollars the Jets have to pay him. He's still on their their books. And now poor Jamison Crowder is out there alone. So I don't know what Joe Douglas is thinking. I don't know what Adam Gase is thinking. Forget it. We can have an entire book about why he's a moron. But I have no idea what the Jets plan to do here. Could it be to get Lawrence? Are they doing the ultimate tank? I mean, perhaps. Yeah, There's that's what I think. Like, it's, it's got to be at this point, man. It has and to I mean, be. There's maybe three or four teams that might go 0-16 this year. And true. So I don't know true. who... You're, I mean, if you're competing with four other, three other teams to get Lawrence, there's a good chance you end up with like the third pick and you don't get yeah. either of the top two and you have to sell for someone else. But I also you know, don't want to blame yeah, Sam Darnold here because I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. I just don't think that there's any weapons for him to utilize. Oh, you can't blame him. I can't. Yeah, I can't blame Darnold. I really Could can't. he do better? Yeah, but you can't, you can't blame him with what he has, man. I, he's got no weapons. He's got no protection. He scrambles for his life every play. It is, it's, it's a shame because he's wasting so many years where, you know, if he were a guy like, I personally think Jimmy Garoppolo is so overrated. If he were to be on the Niners and take Jimmy G's place, He'd be so I think Darnold would be great. Or even on the Bears with a little more, you know, some, so, some team that's a, a contender or mediocre at least. I don't even know what the right word is for the Jets. There's garbage. I mean, that's it, you know. It's, it's, it's so terrible, and it's, it's almost like – it's like maybe Pittsburgh cursed, cursed those guys. You, they had the best running back and receiver in the league, and two years later, where the hell are they? Well, Antonio Brown had um, a series of issues. Oh, well, way yeah, more course, significant. But... Way more significant than, um, than Le'Veon Bell But does. it's a shame, man. It is yeah. really a shame, and it's so, it's so sad. But for the Jets fans, man, I mean, they've been waiting way too long. It's, it's, it's been it's yeah, just I feel sorry for you guys. Two teams I'm thinking of Bell going to. Right? I think you're going to find – the second team interesting is first of all, it's the Ravens because they are in serious need of running back depth because Ingram is falling off. Yeah. Dobbins is not ready. And here, ready here, you're gonna like this one. The Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals. Here's listen, listen, here's why. Interesting. Kenyon Drake has severely underperformed this year. Chase Edmonds, Fordham University alumni, has overperformed, but he's not good enough to be your running back number one. Le'Veon Bell can come in and be a placeholder. Maybe, maybe they can trade Drake for a second or third round pick. If that's his stock, you know, maybe a fourth round pick, select another running back, and then you could have aggregate of running backs that can either match or overproduce from Drake's production alone. And who knows, maybe if Bell comes into a situation like the Cardinals where they've got Hopkins out there, Andy Isabella, who's a nice little receiver, um, Larry Fitzgerald is a great leader, Kyler Murray is a stellar stellar quarterback um and they're building up a defense which is not too bad so maybe bell can come in there and he can be their third or fourth guy that they go to when they need some sort of offense or creation and be a solid running back and him and Edmonds could be a lethal one-two running back punch and who knows maybe drake all three of them could be pretty good i mean i personally think bell should head out to the cardinals but if he wants to really contend i guess the ravens is his only choice well, that's the great part, man. It's it's just like when the whole Jamal Adams debacle was going on when they got when they traded him with Bell. I guess yeah, he gets to sign somewhere. I guess to choose, but someone who needs him and want and wants him will be able to get him. It's just a matter of who it will be. Like you said, there are a bunch of options, and that's what's so great for him. At least you know, again, not so great for the Jets. They couldn't even get a guy like who's uh, McDougald or something they got from the Seahawks, some corner 
who hasn't been terrible, but I mean, they got picks. So there is, yeah, you get the picks, you get this and and you need, you need, you need something when you get rid of these guys. And, and it's just, that's where it's just so tragic. You had Le'Veon for a high price and you get nothing in return. It's just a a waste of time and money, frankly. So Jets fans, I'm I'm feeling for you. We are sympathetic with you guys. Yes, we are sorry, but uh that's the truth that is how <laughs> that's the that's name of the show yeah truth is in the name of the show and we're not and that's how your you. season's going that's yeah. how your season's going this could be hopefully as worst as the worst it gets for you guys and now we are going to give a final review final recap of the bubble finals in the nba basically what most people thought was going to happen happened lakers won 106 to 93 in game six they closed out the series. It was not very close in that game. Thomas, I'm a little – the outcome of, of the season was, I think, just not climactic enough. That's why I, that's why I think I'm disappointed. As crazy as a run – as crazy of a run that the Heat went on, uh, no one really thought anything was going to – I mean, I was hopeful when they won two games, but I didn't think anything was going to come out of the Heat playing the Lakers. You know, so it's – I think, yeah, I think anticlimactic is why I'm a little disappointed. You know, if LeBron were to go through Kawhi and Paul George or Giannis to get his fourth ring, not a, a battered Miami Heat team, I would be a little more content with how the season ended. But I'm, I'm just not that – I don't know. Something still wants more from me. I, I don't know what, what I can really do about that. Season's over, but it's, that's the part that disappoints me. First of all, I do have, we have to congratulate the Los Angeles Lakers for winning their 17th NBA title. LeBron mm, yeah, gets, his, yeah. he gets his fourth finals MVP. He gets his fourth ring. Davis is now an NBA champion. So is Dwight. So there's little victories that you can pull out of it. But I agree. Yeah, it was a pretty disappointing playoffs. You know, even if the Mavericks uh, had healthy Porzingis and Luka Doncic playing together along with uh, Cauley Stein, Boban, that team, if they even played the Lakers, I would have found that way better than any of the actual games that they played in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they went through the no defense Blazers, the legal midget Houston Rockets, and then they went through mashed potatoes known as the Denver Nuggets, and then they just stomp on a wounded Heat team. Now, here's where I think Miami messed up. They went all out in game five. And you saw a look on Jimmy's face. He was yeah. exhausted, physically worn out. And he had no energy for game six. He only had 12 points. He, he did not look like Jimmy Butler at all. He was missing rotations. He was not making shots that he usually hits. He wasn't very active inside, which is where he butters his bread pretty much. And the Lakers just took advantage and ran right over him. And, I mean, kudos to the Heat for getting on the run that they had and kudos to the Lakers for taking advantage. But there comes a, comes a point in time where it's almost just like, damn, this was pretty disappointing. But besides the outcome, a plus to Adam silver for the job he did for with the off, NBA yeah. bubble, a yeah. plus other than Dan house and Lou Williams, <laughs> they were pretty good. They did pretty good. There was Ooh, no yeah. positive test. I mean, I think it's unanimous that silver is, the best commissioner and oh in without a doubt sports. i don't think silver for president that. damn i mean he's he is he is great i have my doubts when he took over for stern at first i thought the nba was in a weird state but i mean he did a good job he made a good he's been great he did. um 
But the final thing I want to cover with the finals, just as a little comparison factor, I think people find interesting because I, I surely found interesting. You look at what Jimmy Butler did. Obviously, everyone knows how great he was at that series. The comparison I saw was this. Jimmy Butler, he did exactly what LeBron did with the Cavs against the Warriors in 2015. He played with his – he made a fantastic playoff run in his first year with a team who was – I mean, I think the Cavs were a better team than the Heat. But anyway, a great team. He made a fantastic run, gets to the finals, and his two main guys go down with Bam and, and Drodge. He's got to fight against a super team. More or less, yeah. I mean, come on. I, I consider that a super team. That's the, that's the best it's going to get. But he took a batter team. He went into the finals with a batter up team, and he took them to six games against as the clear underdog. I mean, that's where I just give so much, so much credit to Jimmy. And I, then there were pictures surfacing on social media. He was right back in the gym the next day, you know? So I think what, what you said with the afterburners, yeah, of course, they, they were so out of steam. And – they had no other choice. But I think one thing that I would – I don't know if I love this coaching decision by all coaches. They're playing six, seven guys, the Heat, in the playoffs. The Lakers are at least playing eight or nine. Yeah, that you know, so, so, of course, they're going to have more energy. Mm-hmm. If LeBron gets to sit eight minutes and Jimmy Butler's sitting one minute, well, who's going to have more energy, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, definitely. But, I mean, I, you got to give props, man. That's all, that's all it can be. It was a crazy season. It was a great season. I'm happy to see, you know – it was the Lakers. It was deserving. It was deserving that they won. I would have loved to see something more climactic, like we said. But you give them their props. You give them the championship. We move on, and hopefully uh, we can get back to normal with another season. We are going to go and see now with week five if Thomas or I could take a lead in the pick tolls. So we're going to jump right in here. The first game on my slate is the Jags-Texans game. Uh, boy, was I wrong. Oh, we were both wrong on that one. Wow. I doubted those Texans like crazy. I, I mean, and you had right re- we had right reason to, play, to do man. it. Oh, of course we did. Of course we Brandon did. Brandon Cooks out, out of nowhere. Play. Brandon Cooks. That's literally all I have to say. Brandon Cooks. Yeah, so unexpected. I was not thinking a 30 to 14 Texans win was going to happen, but, you know, here we are, and that's the case. I think we're both 0 for 1 now, right? Yep. Next, we're going to go to the Bengals-Ravens. Uh, no surprises there. Ravens with a stomp down on the Bengals 27 to three Joey B had a tough against the Baltimore D and Lamar and the Ravens got to do basically whatever they wanted so Joe Burrow the national champion turned into sleepy Joe in the basement of the Bengals house yeah uh so you not to like meme you know who I'm referencing but <laughs> Joe Burrow was pretty sleepy this week he was yeah, it, he was, was it was bad he was not there he was, it was not really there. bad yeah you know damn man I'm wrong <laughs> I got to stop with the Falcons. 23-16, the Panthers beat the Falcons. Uh, Dan Quinn fired at last. My, my Falcon fan friend is happy about that. He's thinking maybe it's time to blow up the roster. I don't know if I'd go there yet. Maybe you wait. But 23-16, Panthers take that. My Falcons pick wrong yet again. Shout out to uh, my boy Robbie Anderson for holding it down this weekend. In fantasy, him and DJ Moore, finally, both of them played extremely well, I think, for the first time, because it's mostly been Robbie as the wide receiver one, but DJ stepped up this yeah. weekend. Raiders Chiefs, man. I mean, a lot of, lot of upsets, a lot of stuff we did not expect to happen. Raiders win 40-32, to 32, dropping a 40-piece on Kansas City. But the Chiefs didn't play a bad game, but they did not look like their crazy juggernaut offensive selves. 
Yeah, Patrick Mahomes threw an interception. So the Raiders are really testing the user this weekend. They really pushed it to the limit. And Henry Ruggs had himself a touchdown. And he, in fantasy, he had himself a day. Uh, but the Raiders might be a lot better than we thought, Nick. Uh, this next game, again, nothing surprising. <laughs> Cardinals, Jets, 30 uh, to 10. Um, Crowder again, Island, yeah, baby. Not, not much to say there. It, it was not a difficult outing for Arizona. They Crowder came away Island. with it pretty easy. And that yeah, Crowder Island is, is very true. So <laughs> I got nothing much to say about that one. We're going to go Eagles, Steelers. The Steelers took that one 38 29. The Eagles came to play, at least. That's good news if you're a Philly fan. They did not look as uh, terrible as they have earlier in the season, but the Steelers are showing that they are back and they're the real deal. Yeah, they um, Chase Claypool, who yeah, what the a young rookie, had himself four touchdowns. I would think two of them were – no, one was rushing, and then he just went off. This, ki- this kid is going to be a player. The Rams versus the Washington football team. Again, nothing surprising there. Similar out, same outcome as the Cardinals Jets. 30 to 10. Rams won that one. Thomas, anything you want to talk about, man? I got, um, I got Shout out to guys. Alex Smith. Him, yeah, he's back. He, he made it back on the field after that. I mean, that's, crazy a, that's a win no matter what. Dude. Uh, yeah, I would say so. so. That's definitely a moral victory. That's, that's just so, such a great story. I don't think you can be an NFL fan or a, even Aaron any Donald had his fan. way, but. Oh, well, yeah, of course. But if you're not happy for that guy, at least making a return, yeah. you're not Shout a football fan. Shout out to the Smith fan. family. <laughs> Dolphins 49ers. We I both mean, missed on this epically. What the? Dude, I don't know what happened this, this, this week in the NFL. 43-17, to 17, the Dolphins annihilated the Niners. I had the Niners defense, and they got me negative four points in fantasy this week. Jesus. was not pretty, but Fitzmagic is <laughs> he's still it's there, real. man. He is it's still there. Real. Yeah, I don't I'm know gonna, when it's going to go away. I need to yell at Kyle Shanahan for not targeting. Well, I'm not going to yell, but I need to yeah. call out Shanahan for not targeting Debo, who you got back and is probably yeah. your best receiver with yards after the catch. And George Kittle, the same thing. They got, I think, between the two of them, a total of five targets. I, I also don't think Garoppolo's good at all. He's horrible. I don't think he's good either. I don't think it's good. Do you think you could buy low for Darnold, maybe? I don't know. There's a chance. Could. I, I, would, could. I think a lot of Jets fans want to see that because they want Lawrence. But speaking of other young New York quarterbacks, as devastating as this game was to watch, I'm con- totally content with it. Cowboys beat my Giants 37-34 on a game-winning field goal. It was something. They, yeah, there was a yeah, the fake but, punt. You know, there were, there were yeah, a lot of plays, punt. man, that just – if a flag didn't go down, it, I think the Giants would have ran away with it easy. But – uh. You know, prayers up for Dak as well, of course. You don't you never want to see a guy go down like that. Browns, Colts, uh, I believe you got this one, and I did not. I got the Browns. Browns took it 32-23. Uh, Cleveland, man, I'm, I'm not shocked, but impressed. They are playing very great football. I definitely agree. The Colts, um, I mean, Phillip Rivers, it's a stopgap quarterback for one year. Uh, I'm sure they're going to find a way to get themselves another quarterback. Browns, Hareem played very well this weekend. He had himself a touchdown. He played very good game, was hitting his routes, creating plays, getting some space. Jarvis Landry, who was pretty sleepy to start the season off, he's come alive a little bit as, long as, as well as Odell. Of course, we know what he's going to do, and he had that crazy catch where the ball was bobbling and he somehow held onto it in the ground at the ground when he fell my favorite game of the week seahawks vikings oh what a freaking finish i was happy to see the seahawks pulled off staying undefeated russell wilson is 
not fair. He is so good in the rain, manages to pull that off. I think he converted three fourth downs to keep the possession alive, and I think they scored a fourth down touchdown. That possession was really all him and DK Metcalf. Those guys connect so well. Uh, Russ gives him such high praise. He says they want to be the next Jerry. Jerry Rice and, and Joe Montana. <laughs> Obviously, those are high standards, but Seattle's playing great. Those two have been playing great, and uh, they came out with the win, man. Actually, shout out to the bona fide scrubs to Will and Noah because they're both Vikings and Seahawks fans, respectively. So I went home for this. Um, Dalvin Cook, the chef, he was cooking it in the first half, and then he went down with that injury. The Seahawks, Russ finally has uh, some real offensive weapons with DK, Lockett, David Moore, who can show up, Greg Olson, Chris Carson, who has quietly been very good this year. He hasn't been too bad for the Seahawks. It's just their defense is horrible because there's literally nobody back there. I mean, Jamal, Jamal Adams is out. That doesn't help anything. Another fun, fun game. game. Finished in overtime. Saints Chargers. Saints pulled oh, away 30-27. to 27. Uh, I got to say, man, I love Justin Herbert. I think he's great. He's a great future of the Chargers. Uh, of course, Breeze not letting him get the win yet. Uh, he's old man Drew saying he's still hanging around. Uh, big win for the Saints. Michael Thomas obviously missed the game with his little incident, but he's uh, supposed to be back. I'm happy for that as a fantasy owner. So Saints came away with the dub, and hopefully more to come from them. Yeah. Uh, is it safe to say that Herbert might be better than Dimes and Darnold? Is that uh, – can we start saying that? As, as, as much as I don't want to say that, I think you can – you could argue it. I don't okay. know if I would certainly jump on it yet, but yes, you could definitely argue Herbert. And then our final Tuesday night football game, never thought I'd say that, was, wow, boy, were we wrong. Titans thrashed the Bills 42 <laughs> to 16. And if I can remember just one thing from this game, you didn't even have to be watching it. Derrick Henry making a throwing Josh Norman off of him like a child. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that man is a horse. I, I would, if I saw him running at me, I think I would just curl up into a fetal position and let him, let him just go. You know, I, <laughs> it's just such a, such a beast. And, and that's, I mean, he's a huge reason why that Titans offense can do what they do. 42 points on the Bills defense, which is spectacular. Uh, I mean, that shows, you know, Bills were seen as a potential contender this year. Titans yet again. Yep. They just totally walked all over him. Yeah, this was, um, this was definitely a very sad game. Uh, AJ Brown came back and, A.J. Brown got himself a touchdown. <laughs> That's my new, uh, my new little song for him because I own him in fantasy too. And uh, Jonu Smith, two touchdowns, dominating the Bills' defense, destroying, annihilating, ripping them. And it's, yep. They were doing – everything was firing for the Titans last night. And if I had to say one thing to Josh Allen, when teams are running a zone defense and they're minimalizing uh, your long passes – mentally don't let it dominate you yeah that's that was his problem this week he was mentally destroyed by that and i mean look he's we know that the bills can be good but could the titans have just exposed them for being frauds i mean there is always that chance well we're gonna have to see and now we will head into our boom and busts of the week thomas you started off your boom how'd he do my boom for the week was uh deandre hopkins who went for six receptions, 131 yards, and a touchdown versus the Jets. That qualifies 25.1 fantasy points. He was projected, I think, 20-something. Uh, I was shocked that they used him that much. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it, it is the Jets. 
So I, 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 would ex- I was expecting Chase at the backup players like Edmonds and Isabella to dominate. Uh, and Edmonds did. He had a touchdown. Did he? Uh, I think. I, I think so. Yeah. I think uh, – I'll look it up. Oh, my God. This the funny be- part, you were, you were right, though, about Hopkins. They didn't use him much. He caught the ball six times. Yeah. He caught it for 130 yards and a touchdown. So and Ch- Yeah, Chase Edmonds did have a touchdown. Okay, so I was right. Um, yeah. But yeah, Hopkins – and it was the Hopkins-Edmonds show. Kyler Murray had his way as well. Um, you know, Hopkins is always great, but especially against these crappy teams, you got to really beat them up, and that's what, that's what he did this week for fantasy. So who did you have booming, Nick? I need to hear this. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm back on a good streak, I think, dude. I had Darius Slayton booming against the Cowboys. He didn't get in the end zone, which was a little disappointing, but he had eight catches for 129 yards, which gives him 20.9 points. He was projected 12.9. He Um, destroyed his projections. So he destroyed that. I'm, I'm, I think that's – put some respect. I get, I get it. He hadn't been great this year, but the Giants' offense hadn't been great. Um, but, you know, I, knew, I know Danny Jones loves Slayton from watching him. So, yeah, Darius Slayton with the boom this week. So, I'm back on a good streak there. Bust. However, I'll just go right into mine since I'm going to, unfortunately, I think have to end my, uh, my good streak. But Devontae Parker of the Miami Dolphins was my bust. And that did not go according to plan, as we talked about with the Dolphins just stomping all over the 49ers. You know, he had – it wasn't a bust, but he wasn't a boom either. He was very average. He actually hit his projection. He went over it. Almost on the dot, I think. He went over it by a point, I think. It was like 12-something. He He had 13-something. He had 13 flat. He was projected 12.4. He had 50 yards – two catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. So – Hey, maybe he didn't get that touchdown. I'd be right. But <laughs> I saw him catch that ball in the end zone on, on red zone when I was watching Sunday. And I was like, oh, man, that's going to ruin my bust. But eh, it's not the end of the world. Thomas, your bust. Give it to us. I, I, I'm getting trolled. And it's really annoying. I had Miles Sanders this week. You played well. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking they, just, they literally destroyed Saquon in week one. And we've seen what the Steelers defense does to running backs. And then Miles Sanders just shows up and he's just trolling the shit out of me. So I'm just I'm out here just like why he had 23.9 points he had two running touchdowns he even caught two catches for 19 yards so that helps him finished again 23.9 points projected 18.3 why I'm getting trolled with all the bus players I literally will never know bus bus can be hard man they can be really they can hard. Be hard it's uh so. and now the final standings for week five. Times have changed, my friend. I am now two, one, and one, while you're one, two, and one. I beat you with a score of eight. You had seven. Damn. damn, That Falcons game messed you up. Uh, Freaking Falcons, dude. Uh, I don't want to lose faith. I mean, I know. The one time I picked against them, they they still lost. But if I keep picking against them, I'm worried they're going to give me a, I mean, we got to look at the schedule. Maybe I got to do a little more scouting, but we'll yeah, see. We'll go. be back. <laughs> Season's long from over. This is not over my friend. There, there will be no way I'm giving up, giving in this early. So, all right, that will do it for us here on the tantalizing truth show. I'm your host, Nick Fader with Thomas Aello as my co-host. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at the tantalizing truth show. We are posting content there basically daily. Make sure to uh, listen in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And from that, we say goodbye. Leave a five-star rating.